All right, the book of Jonah, we're going to go right into it. And the title of the message is The Jonah in All of Us, because we actually all have a bit, little bit of Jonah in us. This, there's much more to this story than Jonah and a whale. We, it wasn't probably even a whale. That was translated, the, the King James translated it. It's, a, it's big fish. So it probably wasn't even a whale. But there's much more to this story about the rebellion of Jonah. I actually think, and we'll see here, that Jonah and God had a very tight relationship. I think that Jonah, the reason why God didn't, when Jonah rebelled, didn't say, I'll go pick someone else to do this, is because he knew, I, you're my kid, you're my son, you know who you are, you need to go do this. Billy Graham, who's our greatest American evangelist, probably, I mean, in the last century, probably, the modern-day Paul, he says he believes he was not God's first choice. Have you heard him say this? But he says, the guy that God chose to walk out the steps of Billy Graham refused. And so guess what? He believes God said, okay, I'm going to Billy Graham now. But God didn't do this with Jonah. When God, when God said to Jonah, go do this, go preach to Nineveh, Jonah was like, no, I don't think so. And God didn't go, fine, I'm going to go find another minor prophet. No, he didn't. He kept after Jonah. Why? Because he knew Jonah was the one who had the keys to unlock this assignment. If God calls you on an assignment, it's only because he knows you can do it. He's not going to ask you to do something you can't do. It's not like he's asking, it's not like I'm going to ask you that can't sing or lead worship to come up here and be our worship pastor. Come lead us in some songs. No, why? Because it's not your gifting. It's not your anointing. It's not who you are. Jonah was a prophet. He's one of the minor prophets. There were 12 minor prophets. He, it's who he was. God said, go prophesy, go speak to the city. This is the first key we have to realize with Jonah is that God will call you and send you on assignment because he knows you can complete it. If he doesn't call you on assignment, it's because you're not supposed to do it, and you can't probably do it. Uh, look, at, look at Noah. Noah saved mankind, right? I mean, got his family in the boat, got, his, got all the animals two by two into the boat. Let's go. But was Noah a builder of ships? No, because it was like, he, you know, he, he didn't know. He's like, I don't know. And rain, what's happening here? But he was a, he was, Noah was a farmer. So far, farmers build. In fact, some theologians, some Jewish theologians believe Noah invented many of the first instruments that we still use today, farmers use. So Noah had some skill in building, but he had skill in animals. So God said, I want you to build the ark, call the animals. Why? Because it's already part of who you are. Yeah, it's a stretch, but it's part of who you are. It's part of your DNA. I've, I've, I've put this inside of you. It's who you are. It's part of your identity. What about Moses? God said, Moses, I want you to uh, f uh, free my people out of slavery. Well, Moses says, I can't talk, which... Could or not, could be true, could not be true. Many scholars believe that's not true. He actually did not have a stuttering issue. 
but he used it as an excuse. And God didn't say, well, you don't stutter. He's a fine. I'll, I'll tell you what. You want an excuse? I will have an answer for that excuse. I will give you someone who can speak in your stead. <laughs> but really, God? But it's not like Moses wasn't a leader of men. He was a leader of men. He, he, he came up in, 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 in Pharaoh's, you know, um, uh, castle and whatever, you know, his kingdom. And, and he, was, he was already established and he was a teacher and he was a leader. And God just said, I mean, I'm going to stretch you, but I'm going to have you do something that's already in you to do. With Jonah, you are already a prophet. Go prophesy. When God calls you and sends you on assignment, it's because he knows you can do it. But let's not be like Jonah. But we all have a little Jonah in us, right? Jonah, instead of going to Nineveh, decides to go 3,000 miles the opposite direction to Tarshish. Now, when God, God says, arise, go to Nineveh, Jonah says in verse 3, he rose up to flee to Tarshish. So the first directive of God was arise. And Jonah did that. Check. I will, I will obey you. I will arise. God is telling us, literally, he's, he's, he's telling some of us, get up. Stop lounging, stop lying around, stop being depressed, stop looking in, in you know, at your, you know, picking your navels. Like, let's go. Navels, multiple, navel. Like, get up, arise. I've called you to do great things. Get up. Jonah gets up, but he decides to go the other direction. Nineveh today uh, would be in Iraq. Um, Probably, probably Mosul, and um, and Tarshish. So where 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 Jonah was, he it says he went down to Joppa. Um, well, let me just read it here, and then I'll. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be quick here. It says so. He it says he uh, rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. This is so sad. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down in it to go with them from the presence of the Lord. He, if you look on a map where he was in probably in Israel, right? Joppa's down the ways, Nineveh is up the ways, Tarshish is the other direction, which would be modern day Spain. He's got to get go through the Mediterranean Sea 3,000 miles to get to Tarshish. And the Bible is interesting because it says he paid his own fare. Who cares? Why is this in here? He paid his own fare. Why doesn't it just say he got on a ship and went to Tarshish? And I, I was at a meeting last night, and I was asking, I'm like, God, this, I said, guys, this is interesting that he paid his own fare. And my father, our care pastor, said he paid his own fare. Probably it's a symbolic of God wasn't doing it. He had to, out of his own money, out of his own uh, will, he had to go pay for it. God wasn't in that. God says, go right, we go left. If God calls you to do something, he gives you the finances to do it. If you do something outside of the call and assignment of God, guess what? It might be a little tighter. You might have to pay your own fare out of your own pocket. But God, Jehovah, Jireh, where are you? He's like, I'm right here, but you're going there. So Jonah paid his own fare. He gets on the ship. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, good to see you. Well, don't worry about me. No, 
I'm just going to go downstairs and I'm going to relax. And, and he tries to flee the presence of God. And the Bible says God sent a storm. He sent a storm to shake that ship. Now, I thought God doesn't send storms. <laughs> Lee. What? God doesn't send storms. Remember, Jesus was sleeping through the storm, and his disciples were freaking out. And he got up and said, hey, calm down, storm. Everybody, I can't believe your lack of faith. Settle down, storm. L let me give you some insight here. This storm was not meant and was not out of anger. We never see in the book of uh, Nineveh, this entire book, where it says God was ever angry at Jonah. In fact, what you see is Jonah was angry at God. Maybe your own anger sometimes can cause an effect, a cause and effect of your anger. And when God sent the storm, what he was doing was he was shaking that ship to get the attention of his rebellious son. He never had any intent for any of those people to die. But my son is trying to flee from me. I'm going to shake that ship up. Listen, if there are some people that drama follows them, you know these people? It's like, oh my gosh, it's one thing after the other. And it's like, you know, you get a job, you're fired from that job. Every job you get, you're fired from. And everybody's out to get you. Everyone hates you. And then your car is always breaking down. I mean, it's just, it's always something, right? I mean, we all have a little bit of that stuff, but it's always something. There's, there's a type of person, you know who it is. You can think of him right now or her. Everywhere that gets like, you get another text, oh my, again with this person, like, I've never seen a person with such, quote, bad luck. You know these people, John? And I go, if they really want a, my opinion, I mean, I don't know, like, I assume that they're serving God and they're living, I don't know. I mean, just, I don't, I don't ever think they're not, but I go, they're, there's a common denominator here, and the common denominator is you. Everywhere you go, drama follows you. Why are you leading the, the call of drama then? And so, sometimes I think if we're like Jonah, the reason why everything around us is shaking is because God's trying to get our, our attention. If everywhere you go, things are falling apart, maybe, just maybe, you're walking the opposite direction of where God told you to walk. My, my daughter, Coco, my six, uh, she, she's seven, right? She just turned seven? Where's my wife? She just turned six or seven? Just turned seven. Seven? Oh, my, my goodness. She's going in second grade. We were at P.F. Chang's uh, Friday night. I took the family out. I know. I know I'm a great dad. I took the family. It ain't cheap, by the way. To, so you took the, fam took the family out. And we're sitting there, and we're doing our thing. And uh, Coco, she's like, I want the, uh, the little menu with the kid's menu that you, know, you can draw on. Her and Savannah had that. She, Savannah was on this side. Coco was on this side sitting next to me. I'm on my phone watching the game. And my wife said, don't watch the game when we eat. We go out to a restaurant. Don't watch the game. I'm like, I won't watch the game. You know, it was... <laughs> so... I actually was doing that. I was kind of putting it like this. <laughs> food hadn't come yet, though. When the food came, I, put, I turned the game off. 
Um, so Coco is drawing, and I hear her drawing. I, I see her and hear her. She's talking. <laughs> oh, look, Daddy, there's a maze on this thing. <laughs> and she has one color, blue, and this. well, that maze doesn't work, so she gets another color crayon. Maybe this color will make me get through the maze, right? And then she's like, this maze is impossible. Now, I can kind of hear what's going on, but I'm focused on the game. Good, like a good father. But I know she's safe. She's right, she's right here in arms like, eh, hey, good, good. But I hear her, and I can hear her mind. I can see her mind kind of. And she goes, I got it. I got it. I figured it out. I'm like, oh, good. She grabs a pen instead of the crayon now. She moved up. She matured. Now she got a pen. And if you look at this, uh, I wish I had taken a picture of it, but you look at the maze, you know, it's a square, and it's got all the little lines in it, you know? And she had it all colored in, and just she couldn't, she couldn't get to the end. She goes, I figured it out. She takes the pen, and she gets from the start, the opening of the start, and she goes, here it is, and she, boom, all the way around the maze, under the maze, to the finish. She goes, I figured out how to beat this maze. How? She didn't go through the maze. We've created our own mazes. When God says, you don't have to walk through this. There's, a, there's, a, there's an easier way to get through this. It's just following my voice and going on the assignment I've told you to. I, it doesn't matter. You're scared. That's fine. I'll be with you. Don't, don't worry about it. D don't let fear get in your heart. And don't let fear, don't make decisions based on fear. They always turn out bad. Just do what I've called you to do. Jonah could have easily gone straight to Nineveh, but instead he rebelled. And I ask again, if everything in your life is in chaos, is it possibly because you were in rebellion to the Father? This is not a salvation issue. This isn't even an issue of people that don't know God, that Jonah was someone who knew God. These are for sons and daughters who know their identity but are still walking in rebellion. Sometimes God will shake everything around you to get your attention. So it says the sailors became afraid on this boat. They're freaking out. What is happening? So they, they start throwing stuff overboard. I don't know if this ever works. I've seen this in movies. I have no idea. I've seen it on planes, too. They're like, the plane's going down. Let's throw seats out, you know, to get lighter. I guess it works with the ship. I don't know. I was in the Coast Guard, but I was on land. So I didn't have to go over the sea. I get seasick. Coast Guard. I was a Coastie that got seasick. And it doesn't work. The storm's still going. And let's try everything, man. Throw, you better throw out your cat. You brought that stupid cat. Get that cat out of here. Everything's gone. They're stripped down to whatever. Throw everything off. Still, the storm's raging. But guess what's happened? Where's Jonah in this picture? The Bible says he's down in the, beneath the ship, sleeping. He's asleep. This doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, wait a minute, Jesus slept through the storm, but he wasn't in rebellion. How can a rebellious person sleep through a storm? I called one of my dear friends who are in ministry, a pastor, been doing it much longer than me and will probably do it much longer than I do. One of my trusted advisors. And I said, hey, have you ever preached on Jonah? He said, oh, absolutely, I love preaching on Jonah. I said, there's something that is causing me to pause. And it's, it shouldn't be. And it probably people have read it, and they, it just, 
it glossed over, they glossed over. But why in the world was Jonah sleeping in the midst of a storm when everybody was freaking out? There's something symbolic. There's something more to it. There has to be. Why is it in there? He goes, oh, it's easy. Even in his rebellion, Jonah knew God would protect him. Think about this. Because I had to. That statement didn't sit well with me immediately. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I said, God, I need some revelation. And he gave it to me. As I was in my office, I was pacing and praying, and I'm like, God, I need revelation. And immediately my son came to my mind, my 15-year-old son, and I thought, if my son is in rebellion, it doesn't matter what he does, where he goes, the Father's heart will always be to cover. Jonah knew who he was. How do we know this? Because they say to him, get up, sleepy head, Pray to your God to stop this. But before that, they say, who are you? How in the world are you sleeping? Where are you from? And he goes, uh, identity. He goes, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the God of the air and the sea. I know who I am. I fear the Lord God. Jonah did not say, I don't know who I am. I'm running in rebellion. I don't know. I'm a little orphan boy. No, no. He said, I'm a Hebrew who fears God. We're talking about a son who's in rebellion yet still knows who he is and understands, hey, God is not angry at me. I'm angry at God. And so he, they said, well, what do we do? And he goes, you have to throw me overboard to, for this thing to stop. They're like, no, we're not going to do that. We're, we're, we're not going to do that. So it says they kept rowing and rowing and throwing more things out. You know, We're going to keep rowing. Get through this storm. The storm doesn't stop. We don't know how long it is. It could be hours. We have no idea. But at some point they said, all right, fine. They even drew straws to, to make sure that it was Jonah, and Jonah got the short end of the stick, like so many of us. And they said, it is you, and he goes, I told you, I'm, I'm the one. Throw me into the sea. He basically was like, you need to murder me. Because there's no way he's going to survive, even if the storm, he says the storm will stop, but there's no way he's going to survive in the middle of the Mediterranean with who knows when the nearest ship is going to come by. He has no, he's like, literally kill me. They said, okay, we're going to do this. And they, it says they prayed to God. They, they prayed to God, please forgive us. We, we don't want to do this, but it's the only thing we can do. Please save us when we do this. They, they prayed to God. So the Bible says as soon as they threw him into the sea, guess what happened? Immediately, the storm stopped. And then we pick it up in uh, verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. It doesn't say whale. That's King, King, King James translated it to whale. It says great fish. It like, doesn't matter, not necessarily, but 
And there was a guy who recently got swallowed by a fish. Did you see this story? And he survived? Did you guys see this story? Amazing. I'm wondering what that guy was running from. And it said, that joke worked twice, both services. And it said, Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. Oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds familiar to me. Three days and three nights. Do you know that Jesus referenced Jonah in the Gospel of, Mar- of, of Matthew? He says, you're a wicked generation. Now, if Jesus looks at you and says, you're a wicked generation, boy, you're in trouble. I mean, that's not, you don't want that, you know, that's not good. You're wicked. You're wicked people. All you want is a sign. Blah, sign, sign, sign. I saw the sign. Sign, 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 sign. He goes, you know, Jonah had a sign. There was a sign of Jonah where he was in the belly of the fish for three days. As, as was Jonah, so will I give you a sign. Three days I will be in the belly of the earth, and then I will resurrect. As Jonah was resurrected. That's another reason why I don't, don't just think Jonah's a poetic book or uh, not, it wasn't a real story. I know some believers that think that about... There's, Jesus actually mentions Jonah. This, is, this really happened. And so, the great fish came to swallow Jonah, sent by God. Again, as, a, as a, somebody who may, not, who may just gloss over the story, you go, well, that sounds like a bad thing. Like, you know, he was there. Who wants to get swallowed by a fish? This sounds like punishment uh, uh, against jo- another thing. You know, the storm was punishment, and now the fish is punishment. And he's got to sit in the belly of a fish for three days until he repents and turns his way. That's not true. The fish was not punishment. The fish was protection. Guys, even in his rebellion, God sent him a lifeline. He would have never survived in the sea without being inside of the protected fish. And for three days, you can read chapter Two, for three days, he's talking to God, and he's repenting to God, and they're having conversation, and he's saying, God, you came, and you sent a fish, and you saved me. And God then does something pretty cool after a three days journey in that fish. The fish goes up to the shore of Nineveh and vomits him right onto the beach. Now, this is interesting. John and I were talking about this earlier. Probably somebody saw that happen. A fisherman, a guy walking his dog, whatever. Somebody or two probably saw that, and news probably spread to Nineveh that there was a dude who got vomited out of a fish. Pretty interesting. So when this dude walks through the town... Oh my goodness, it's the guy who got vomited out of a fish. And Nineveh, some believe, uh, they really, well, Nineveh was a very debaucherous city. It was, uh, it was known as um, t- a terrible as far as sin. I mean, it, was, it would have been what people consider Vegas, you know, even though we know Vegas is not Sin City, it's Sun City, Revival City. But, you know, there's a, a stigma of Vegas or, or Amsterdam, right? It's like the city, San Francisco. Well, Nineveh is 10 times worse, 100 times worse. That's what they thought. Great city, 
That's why God said it's a great city, because it was huge for that day and age. We know there was at least 120,000 people that lived in Nineveh, at least, because God talks, references it at the end of the, at the, end of the book. Um, and it was a three days journey. But some believe that the Ninevites, who were Assyrian, worshipped the sea. And so for this dude to come popping out of the sea, they would have got his attention. Or he would have got their attention, right? They would have got his attention. And so God, a second time, says in chapter 3, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time after he was vomited. He's standing on the beach. I miss those Hawaii beaches, by the way. It's been two weeks. It's time to go back. Same exact thing as chapter 1, verse 1, or verse 2. Same thing. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, proclaim to it the proclamation, which I'm going to tell you. He goes to tell him the proclamation. So this time, Jonah says, I'm going to go do it. I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. So Jonah arises, arose again. He goes through the town of Nineveh. It's a three-day journey. We know this if you read the text. It's three days. We also know that God gave them 40 days to repent. So he's like, it's going to take three days to walk through the town, but God's going to give you 40 days to repent. But look what happens. The very first day that Jonah walks through the town and proclaims and says, God, your wickedness has come to God. Repent, turn from your wicked ways so you can be saved. The very first day, the Bible says, the people turned. It took one day. He hadn't even gotten to the end of the city. The first day, people repented. And they got to the king, and the king declared a fast. He said, we're going to fast. We're going to, basically, we're turning our hearts to God. But I think, remember I've said before, there's things in the Bible that are there, and they're, it's like, you read it, and you go, that's, we, that's interesting, but there's meanings. If you ask the Holy Spirit for revelation, there's all kinds of meanings and things. And I mean, we saw that Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days. He got resurrected. We know that is a, I mean, that's a type and shadow of what happens to Jesus. But, and it took three days to walk through Nineveh, three days to walk through Nineveh. And at the end of the three days, there'd be repentance. God said 40 days you could give them 40 days and, uh, to repent. 40 is a great number. 40, um, of course, Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, was tempted, came out, not bowing to temptation, came out. Even the Bible says, went in with the Holy Spirit, came out under the power of the Holy Spirit. 40 days from the resurrection of Jesus to his ascension, 40 days. 40 days often represents a generation, 40 years. I mean, 40 years often represents a, a, a generation. Remember, 40, 40 years, the Israelites wandered through the wilderness, which should have been a 40-day journey. But there's that 40, I giving them 40 days. I think, that some, I think the symbolism here is because 40 represents a generation. I'm giving you them 40 days to repent because I will heal and restore a generation of Ninevites. I will restore them. An entire generation will be restored if they turn to me. And so Jonah goes proclaiming the gospel, basically. He's proclaiming the gospel. Turn or burn. I mean, it was the old school gospel. 
It was the old turner burn. They turned. Now Jonah's mad. Jonah's irritated. And it says in chapter 4, after they have turned their hearts to God and called upon God for mercy, chapter 4, verse 1, but this greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. Again, we see the anger Jonah has toward God because something happened that he didn't want to happen. He didn't want them to get saved. Why, why is this dude getting rewarded and I'm not? I, why, why does this guy get a new house and prayed for the house and I didn't? Jonah was upset that God was sparing these people. We, have, we find this in our life. It's the Instagram spirit where everybody else looks better than we do. Why, God, is that family better than mine? Why is that guy traveling? Why is the pastor on a trip to Hawaii on their salary? I literally had a guy message me on Instagram when I was in Hawaii. Hawaii, first Disney World, now Hawaii. How in the world can you afford that on a pastor's salary? This is what this guy, I didn't respond. I didn't respond. Um, I should have just said, because I serve a God who loves to bless his children, but I didn't. I just didn't. Sometimes you just don't need to respond. I believe God wants, listen, I believe God wants his kids to have fun. Like, you want to go on a, who wants to take in the next year a really great vacation? Raise your hand. Who hasn't been able to? Okay, I want you to raise your hand. I'm serious. I want you to raise your hand. You want, you want to go on a, you, want, you need a rest and relaxation. You have to be able to do this, guys. Raise your hand up. Come on. We're going to pray over you. That in the next 12 months, within the next 12 months, the desire you've had to go to that place you've always wanted to go will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Finances will not be an issue. You will go. Some of you people will pay for you to go. In Jesus' name. Amen. You receive that? I want to hear the testimonies in the next year. So Jonah was upset. It says he was displeased because they repented. And in fact, he told God, I told you that they would repent. That's why I got in the ship. He's telling God this. I got in the ship to go to Tarshish because I knew that, that, that they would repent. And because you're such a God full of mercy, slow to anger, that you would relent from the judgment of Nineveh. And I didn't like that. I don't want that to happen. I hate these people. And you did it anyway. What do you think, God? And it says Jonah was upset. And poor little old Jonah. It says he went up to the top. He went up to the east of the city to look over the city and build a shelter. And it says he wanted to see what would happen. Because I think there was still a part of Jonah that was hoping God would destroy them. Why else would he see what was, would happen? He's up there. I want to see maybe, just maybe, there'll be a fireball that will come down. Destroy these pigs. And so he built himself a little shelter, but the Bible says God was so good to him that he built, he built, he caused a tree to grow up, up over Jonah, 
for shade. That's one fast tree. I mean, that's like the photosynthesis, right? The, you know, you watch, you watch the plant, you know, over like a year, and then that's like what it ha- bam. And it says, Jonah became happy again. Oh, this guy, talk about bipolar. It's like this dude is all over the place. He's upset at God, and now he's happy because he has shade. It doesn't take much to please this guy. Remember, he's one of the minor prophets. There were 12 minor prophets in the Bible. He's one of the minor prophets. Um, and it's many prophetic people, people that walk in the opposite of the prophet, I have found, not all of them, but can battle with some pessimism. I've seen this. Anybody has seen this in the prophetic movement? It's, sometimes it's the opposite. It's all, ah, it's all like everything's rosy. But mostly it's, there's a little bit of this, you know, and you look at a guy and go like, man, you're like an Old Testament prophet. Knock it off. You know, like, come on, be happy. Be happy. But anyway, he was an Old Testament prophet. He's kind of a miserable guy, you know. And he's sitting under the tree. And he's all happy. He goes, to, he goes to sleep. And then the Bible says, God, man, God, what are you, like, what are you doing here? God, he calls on a worm to go eat the tree. I don't know what kind of worm this is. And the worm overnight destroys the tree, sucks out the life of the tree, and it's, it's wilted over him. So Jonah wakes up in the heat. We all know that's like it's a desert like Vegas. He wakes up, and he's like, he's all mad. Come on up, uh, Lee. He's not, and here's the deal. He's angry at God, but he's not angry because God took the tree away from him. He's angry because the poor tree is dead. He felt sorry for the tree. This is how out of whack his priorities were. We can have our priorities so out of whack. We're concerned about trees when we should be concerned about humans. We're concerned about this one thing. Oh, this thing, this poor little thing. And God's like, man, what are you worrying about that for? There's something here that I'm doing and I want to do on your behalf. Quit worrying about whether a tree is there or not. We know that he was upset about the tree because God says, why are you worried about this tree? He says, you have more compassion over the tree than you do over the people of Nineveh. And then this is where Jesus, God is one of the funny, funny lines. It says um, at the end of the book, You've had compassion on the tree. Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and their left hand, as well as many animals? He spared the animals. God was like, I want to spare the animals. But I'm like, they don't know the difference between their right and left hand. Uh, This would be translated in my version. There's a hundred... 20,000 morons. They don't know what their right hand's doing, their left hand, they're, they're just a bunch of morons. They need to know I love them. Even their cats and dogs. I'm sparing their entire families because I love them. God's always, always first. He wants first everyone to come to know him. It is his desire that all men become saved. This is what the Bible says. 
And so we sit here today as I close up and I go, what part of Jonah do you have in you? Are you walking in rebellion? You know you're a son. You know it's not a salvation issue. You know you can continue to walk the way you walk. Yeah, God's going to keep shaking things, but you're going to keep walking the way you want. You know you're going to die. You're going to go to heaven. But is that really how you want to live? Or you're like, maybe there's a part of my heart that is in disobedience or that I haven't given fully over to God and I want to give that completely over to him. I want to walk out the assignment that God has for me. Understand, this was just an assignment. This wasn't, no, uh, I think there's a difference between, it's very subtle, but for me this works. There's a difference between a calling and an assignment, in my opinion. When I was called to Vegas, I didn't want to come to Vegas. I, I mean, I was basically Jonah. I, I said, no, I'm not coming. God but guess what? He didn't go to the next guy to come to encounter. He kept with me. He kept pricking my heart. He kept saying, in his grace, and his mercy, you need to go. I don't want to go. You need to go. I don't want to go. You need to go. I ended up here. And then because I was called to Vegas, I fell in love with the city and the people. And it's who I am, Las Vegas, one of my many cities that I call home. God didn't ask Jonah to go set up tent and build a house and, you know, have a family and have little Ninevite children, Ninevites. He didn't say that. He said, I just want you to go do this thing, this assignment. What assignment has God asked you to do that you are running away from? An assignment has a start date and an end date. Come on, you can trust God. That thing's going to end. If you're like saying, I can't do it, I don't want to do it, just understand there'll be a time when that thing will end. God has called you on an assignment because he knows you can do it. And if you have relationship with with him, and if you know who you are, he's not going to stop calling you. He's going to keep calling you. He's going to keep calling you until you relent and do the thing that he's called you to do. Be scared if the word of God stops talking to you and that calling and, and that assignment. You don't hear that assignment anymore. anymore. Be worried then that he's moved on from you. You don't want him to move on from you because if he has an assignment for you, it's because you can do it. Come on, stand up with me. I'm already stood. You stand up with me. I haven't sat down once. I did worship standing and I preached standing. You're all tired. You're like, oh, I got to stand up. You've been sitting for 30 minutes. Hi, Milo. So we just, come on, just... Open up your heart to God and say, God, just I would just ask that you reveal if there's any rebellion in my heart. You say, I know who I am. I know I'm a son. I know that I'm protected by you. I know that you've sent fishes for me, large fish for me to sit in and ponder because you've sent them as protection. You've sent, you've even allowed the shaking and the storms. These are not storms of calamity. These are not storms of ang an angry God. God's not angry at you. He's never had a negative thought towards you, but he's just trying to, he's just trying to shake things around you so that you will do what he's asked you to do. And when you do the things that he's asked you to do, you will find the favor of heaven increasing in your life. So right now, if that's you, just, just repent. It's very simple. Just repent. God, I repent. I want to do, I want to walk in the call and the assignment that you have for me. 
you don't have to like the assignment. Again, that's the difference between a call and an assignment. A call, you will be all in. Every part of your DNA will be, man, I'm all in. This is what I was created to do. But in that call, there will be assignments that don't look necessary, look good. But God's saying, I want you to do it because I have a plan for your life. You have the keys to unlock that situation. Going back to Billy Graham, Billy Graham said, every day he would be called out to go preach and leave his family if he was getting on a plane or getting on a bus and he said every single time he went to go leave his family he said God I don't want to go but he knew he had to go it was his assignment to go and God always brought him back to his family safe and sound you can trust God to protect you like he protected Jonah he'll protect you even in rebellion but I'm telling you why why not do what my daughter Coco did and just go around the maze to get there instead of going through the maze in Jesus name thank you father so if you need prayer